Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. You know, if every week I just remind you of how much God's into you, that's really all I need to do. His heart pounds for you. Like I run on the treadmill at the gym, fairly uncoordinatedly, but nonetheless I apply myself to running. And I get off and my heart is thumping in my chest. I get in the car and it's like, I get home and it's, you know, still thumping in my chest. God's heart, when he thinks of you, his heart pounds with emotion, with love, with passion, with zeal, with destiny. It's like this big thump, thump, thump. It's the rhythm of God's heartbeat that we walk our life to. In step with the beat of God, I love you, I'm proud of you, I believe in you, I am for you, I am with you, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You're never out of my sight. I died for you because I wanted to, not because I had to. I rose again victorious for you. I opened the door to God's throne room for you. You can come into this place with me. I'm with you. I'm near you. I'm speaking to you. I'm talking to you. And his heart beats to have relationship with you. And we can sometimes over-intellectualize things. I don't particularly struggle with it, but I know some of you do. (laughs) And we we can think things like this. If God knows everything about everything, which he does, then why would he want to know anything about me? Because he already knows everything about me. Why would I need to have a relationship with someone who knows everything about me already? Like, what could I possibly tell God that he doesn't know? Well, nothing. But I think he chooses not to know things. So why would, we, why would God want us in a relationship? Or why would we be in a relationship? What, what do we bring to the table to a relationship with someone who knows everything about us, every fault, every flaw, every dream, aspiration. Well, I kind of didn't get it until I had children of my own. And if you've had children of your own, if you haven't had this scenario, you would have one that's of a similar vein. And it's as simple as this, when your child young, maybe four or five years old, comes up to you and says, dad, dad, dad. And you say, yeah. And they're like, you know, the sky is blue. That's no newsflash. I love, I know that the sky is blue, but I'm so pumped that my child now knows that the sky is blue and is telling me that the sky is blue. I already know, I don't need the newsflash that the sky is blue. 
but there's a relationship, there's a connection, there's a revelation that my child has just had that they want to share with their father, and I delight in their fresh eyes. I delight in their fresh revelation. I delight that they want to tell me something that I already know. They don't know I already know it, but I'm pumped when they tell me, Dad, the sky is blue. Dad, the grass is green. Dad, I love you. And when we come to God, this is what it's like. Yes, He knows, but He wants to hear it from you. He knows maybe your heart is broken, but when you come and say, Papa, Father, my heart is hurting, He says, I know. I'm so glad you've told me. Because it's an invitation to healing. It's an invitation to a miracle. It's it's an invitation to allow God into that part of our life that was maybe... Not there. So how do we have a relationship with a God who knows everything? We just tell Him what we know. And He's like, that's so awesome. I knew you were the smartest one I made. I knew you knew that. Just waiting for you to know that you knew it. It's just waiting for you to uncover that gold that I put inside you since before time itself began. Just waiting for you to uncover that untapped potential. When we sing and when we praise, it's not like he's never heard the song before, but he's never heard you sing it before. There's nothing new under the sun, but it's new when when we bring it in our voice in our heart, in our passion, in our place we are right now, we bring it before God and He's like, I love it. He's like, I'm so into it. I'm so into knowing the sky's blue for the eighth billionth time or however many humans have ever lived on the face of the earth. I'm so glad my kids still get a buzz out of creation. So glad my kids still get a kick out of worship. So glad my kids still get a kick out of science and discovering the earth. I'm so glad I made the ocean so vast they've still only uncovered 5% of what it's hold. I'm so glad what I've created is still speaking to my sons and daughters of my majesty and my magnificence. And every time they uncover something new, it just uncovers a part of me that's always existed, but it's brand new to them because they just never saw it before like when we see the sky is blue and he's deeply in love with you in this series that we're in awake and listening Sarah just killed it last week with her message it was brilliant but I want us to be awake to the love of God not to the idea of the love of God But listening to what he has to say to us as a father speaks to a child. And for some of us, this is foreign because maybe we never, ever had a father. Or maybe the father we did have, we'd never want to talk to again because didn't do a particularly fab job. But there's an invitation from God the Father into that place where we hear him rejoicing over us. And it brings you to life. I had a few words of knowledge this morning. 
uh, that I want to, it's a little bit all over the shop, but that's right. Um, words and knowledge are just things that God brings to my attention or whoever gets the word of knowledge, their attention, so that he can meet you in that place. And uh, I had a, I saw a woman that was struggling with miscarriages. And uh, God is going to give you the child you desire. And if you're in this room in a moment, we'd love to pray for you. I saw a man with pain in his right upper leg, this leg. I'm never sure if it's my right or your right, but it was my right. Like right inside, like it was a broken bone. Maybe your, your femur had been broken at some stage, or you'd suffered trauma in your leg and it, it aches. It's like, it's just sore. Maybe it's deep, like a deep tissue injury. And um, I saw someone with behind their left-hand shoulder. There was something going on. I wasn't sure if it was like a, a melanoma or a, a skin problem. Didn't seem particularly deep, but it was on the back of their left shoulder. And I want to pray for you guys this morning. And listen, I try and be as accurate as possible, but, you know, if I hit the target, I'm happy. It's not always a bullseye. So um, if these relate to you, maybe you've got a leg problem, maybe it's not your upper leg, but it's your lower leg, or maybe you've got something going on on your back. I know Ryan's got a very sore back. We'll pray for that. Or if you're, you're a woman here and, and you're, you're struggling to conceive, we'd love to pray for you right now. And if that is you, I'd love you to just pop your hand up. Yeah, right here. Some of the t- pastoral team's going to move around. Yeah. Jakey in the back desk, he's popping his hand up. Who else is here? Yep, right here, Ryan, he's injured. He's going to be healed as he goes in Jesus' name, just like the lepers walking to the temple. Who else is there this morning? I really believe for this miscarriage one. I really, we believe for babies in this place. Who else? Be brave if you've got pain in that leg or um, in your back, kind of up around the top, around the shoulders. Or uh, if you are a, a husband and a wife, maybe husband, your wife may not even be here, but you're like, that's us. Jesus, I thank you right now. You reveal it so you can heal it. And that right now, the love of God has been poured into these lives and you're bringing healing and wholeness and restoration right now in Jesus' name. And you, you want to bring these things to light so you can pour your love into us. And right now your love is being poured into people's physical bodies, bringing physical healings as a, as a sign of your love for your sons and daughters, for everyone else. Ryan Chadwick, pain in his back. If you have pain in your body, just raise your hand in a statement of faith. Yeah, I see that hand. Who else is there? Yeah, look at all you guys. You need a miracle. Who else is there? Put your hands up. Yeah, Matt Clark, God bless you. I thank you, Jesus. Right now, we stretch our hands out in faith. Your Bible says, does God work miracles among us because of our observance of the law or because we believe the word that was spoken? It's because of faith. And right now, these arms stretching up are are banners of faith. They're targets for the kingdom of God. So I thank you, God, right now, healing in every life that is suffering or that is carrying pain that the oil of the Holy Spirit would pour into their joints and into their bones and into their their organs, whatever is troubled, we say, peace, be still in Jesus' name this morning. 
No more pain in elbows. No more pain and no more arthritis. Get out. Arthritis. You can leave the room. The exit is behind you. Get out and do not come back. Migraines. Get out and do not come back in Jesus' name. Depression. Get out and do not come back in Jesus' name. We thank you. Hip problems. Get out. Do not come back in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Is that, I've got that? Hey. Great. Jesus preached his very first message on a mountainside or a hillside to goodness knows how many people. It started off with just his disciples, a small group of people who he drew aside with to teach. And this is in Matthew chapter 5, but by the end of Matthew chapter 7, maybe even the end of chapter 8, it says that the crowds were amazed at what Jesus Christ had to say. So it started off with this small gathering. By the end of it, the crowds were amazed at what Jesus Christ had to say. We know later in his life or his ministry journey, the crowds where he fed the 5,000 and fed the 4,000 people are an indication of the size of crowd that would rally to Jesus. So we can imagine or envisage from those other accounts that as Jesus spoke, humanity was drawn unto him. As the snake was lifted up in the wilderness, so the Son of Man shall be lifted up, and all humanity shall be drawn unto him. And as Jesus begins to teach all of humanity, is drawn unto these words because they're words like they've never heard before. These words, yes, they're words, yes, we understand them, but they're laced with something different. As as the, the book of John writes, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came filled with grace and truth. And as Jesus sits there and these, his disciples come to him to listen, and then the crowds, the masses, the thousands come to the hillside to hear what Jesus has to say, they're hearing the words and they're words like they've heard before, but they're also like words they've never heard before because Jesus Christ is not a driver of the law like everyone who has gone before them. He's a driver of truth and grace. And it's this intangible, unmeasurable, currency of the kingdom of God, but when it strikes the human heart, when, it, when the human ears hear the message of grace and truth, everything begins to change. The, the things that are, are set up that divide us from God and divide us from a life in Him, when truth and grace enters the scene, those veils Those walls, those facades that have been placed between us and God, they get torn down by grace and truth. 
And Jesus, he begins to preach to his disciples. And then he begins to speak to a a ginormous crowd. And the crowd says they were amazed at what they heard. They'd never heard anyone speak with this type of authority. They've they've been preached to by people who have taken authority, but now they're being preached to by someone who was given authority. They were taught by Pharisees, legalistic leaders who were taking power from the law, from the Mosaic law, from the Old Testament law, from the even the Ten Commandments, which are still things you should live by today, but they were driven by these power hungry authority, greedy men of God. Then Jesus enters the scene, God Himself, filled with grace and truth. And humanity is spun. He did not come as one taking authority. He came as one that had been given authority by God Himself been given authority from heaven. He was not trying to fill his own baskets that were empty. His baskets were full that he filled that he came to feed humanity on. I'm the bread of life. The people that had gone before him, filled with insecurity, filled with fear, trying to fill their own baskets by, by pushing rules and regulations onto people that they could never meet to bolster their own failings and flaws. Jesus Christ, the exact representation of the Father, enters the scene, totally secure, totally fulfilled, filled with grace and truth, and He begins to speak, and He changes the course of humanity. And we're awake and we're listening, not to that which has gone behind us, but to that which is calling us forward, to the voice of God, the voice of grace and truth that calls us to step into a new day of freedom, that calls us to step into a new day of liberation, that calls us to step into a new day of identity, that calls us to to no longer rend our garments, as the prophet Joel said, but to rend our hearts, to tear our hearts open in the presence of God, to not go through external obligations, religious performances, but to open up our hearts that God could pour His Spirit into the very core of who we are and that we're not, Jesus is saying, I'm not telling you what to do anymore. I'm showing you who to become. The Lord told them, do this, do this, do this, do this. And whatever you do, don't do that and don't do that and don't do that. And over 400 times, Jesus says, be this. We're not human, we're not in this relationship with God to to do His tasks. We're in this relationship with God to be His sons and daughters. And a son and daughter naturally does what pleases the Father. It just becomes who you are. You don't even have to, you literally do not have to think about it. When I go to my father's house, I mow the lawns. 
Oliver. No. When I go to Papa's house, Oliver mowed the lawns last time actually, because it's just what Dad, I just get out the mower and I mow the grass. When we have this relationship with God filled with grace and truth, when we encounter this God, not the do God, but the be God, the doing is a natural byproduct of being with God. Sarah said last week, unashamedly generous. Walking in step, relationships that are, that are Holy Spirit inspired and driven. These things are not tasks to tick off. They are an overflow of a relationship with God the Father. They are an overflow of being awake and listening to what God says to us. And when and we, we get drawn into this place of intimacy with God, where we can tune out of the frequency of the world and tune into the frequency of heaven. And we emerge different. Jesus said, you have heard, but I tell you. He said this six times. You have heard, but I tell you. You have heard, but I tell you. You have heard, but I tell you. Too many of us are listening to history on replay. God's got something new He wants to speak to you this morning. He's got something new He wants to show you this morning. Oh, the old is what got you here, but it's not the old that it's going to get you there. Yes, whatever took place has taken place, but... Well, this is the paradox of God. It's not, in the, it's not your past unless you dealt with it. It's still your present. But it's not your past that's going to propel you to where you need to go. It's hearing the voice of God afresh this morning, afresh today, rising in the morning saying, God, speak to me. Not out of obligation because, oh, God might be angry if I don't. He won't mind if you're sleeping. But arising with a spirit of inquiry. What's on the cards today? What are we doing today? I'm awake and I'm listening, Father. And it's not driving me through the day. He's leading me in grace and truth step by step as I go forwards in life. When I was young, or even now, you know, when you buy a car, you look around, and uh, is it shiny? Does it have good paint? Does it have nice wheels? have a warrant, does have a rego, all this stuff. But every man, whether they have any idea what they're doing or not, will say, I've got to take a look under the hood. <laughs> and you pop the bonnet and you lift it up and you stare at the engine like you know what you're looking at, whether you do or you don't. You dip the oil, you check the water. Because you know it doesn't matter how great this car's paint job is or how great this car's wheels are or how great, you know, this car's sound system is. If its engine's dud, it's dud. If its engine's broke, if it rattles, if it smokes, if it's got dirty oil, it needs serious help. This is our life. Don't worry about the stuff. Just take care of the engine. Just let God under the hood of your life 
to give your, your mechanics a service, to give you a fresh oil change. You know, we spend so much time trying to polish the paint, cover things up, but God's saying, just pop the hood and let me in there. The thing will run like it's never run before. This is your life. This is God's invitation to you this morning. And this is what he was saying in this message. It's wanting to get in us, transform the heart of the vehicle, the heart of the person. And from there, we become the person God's always intended us to be. I'm out of time this morning, but we're going to pray. And the band's going to lead us. The band's not going to lead us. I'm just going to pray. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.